Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sixty-five Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome in to the Triple Option here on 365 Sports. And Stephen Simcox back on Wednesdays. Uh, for two, this two weeks in a row. All right, yeah, you two, yeah, we had a... We're back in a routine. How's yep. the roof? How's this roof holding up? We're going to see this week. I think we're getting rain tomorrow. Yeah. They've done some more work on it, so hopefully. Yeah. You're not tempted to just go up there and like spray your hose on it. (laughs) (laughs) See what happens. We're going to do the true test tomorrow. Okay. But I think we're in good shape. Hopefully. Okay. Good deal. Well, I I hope, I hope that for you. We have several things to talk about um, uh, today. I want to talk about the Bill Connolly wrote this really interesting column about the 10 most intriguing quarterbacks for 2024. And 
uh, half of the list seems to be Big 12 guys. Uh, and we're going to talk about the whole list, but it was interesting to me that, you know, in this whole, like, it's all about the Big Ten and SEC that, you know, you've got a national column where the more of the intriguing quarterbacks and a guy it wasn't even listed, who I think is Shadur Sanders, are all kind of in the Big 12. Um, and so that is really interesting. Uh, we'll talk about that in the second segment. We were going to talk about Tech and Texas first off, but I do want to say this, and we're going to do NFL draft rapid fire. Steven, have you seen the NFLPA report cards that came out today? I didn't read the full thing, but I've, I've seen different uh, snippets of it that have been shared by people. Yes. It is, um, it's one of those things that there are some things that will floor you over mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, this team is actually – the Chiefs are way down the list. Yeah, they gave their owner like an F minus, I think. Yeah, they get like like the treat like the big thing and the first thing they list is treatment of families and how they treat them. And the Cardinals have a D plus, which shouldn't surprise you because the Bidwell family is just horrible. The Carolina Panthers, though, have a B in treatment of families. Treatment of coaches is different. In the ownership group. <laughs> but listen, the kids come around, and Uncle Davey's going to take care of you, I guess. <laughs> that is fascinating because, yeah, David Tepper is not someone that I would say is known for his people skills, yeah. at least in public. He, kind of, he got into it with, like, a Jacksonville fan this year, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, hey, I guess if you're bad at football, then you could at least go out of your way to be good at some of the other things yeah, that guess. ownership requires. The Cowboys fifth overall, by the way, Stephen. Um, mm. a, a minus in treatment of families, which doesn't surprise me. The couple of the things like the food in the cafeteria is a B, and I've seen that cafeteria. I've eaten in that cafeteria. Yeah, I, I don't know what the other NFL cafeterias are like, but I, I would have given it an A, but if they give it a B, then they give it a B, which some of this stuff I think they're doing because like it might slightly bother them, and they know that Jerry is second to no one when it comes to amenities. So, like, if they give him a low grade at something, they just know that, like, six months from now, they're like, oh, um, I'm sorry, uh, meet your new uh, chef. This is David Chang. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He'll be on vacation for two weeks in in July, but after that, Bobby Flay is going to step in for a couple days, (laughs) and Emerald's on retainer, so we'll, we'll get him in here, so, yeah. Sorry to Dennis, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you guys weren't getting it done because again, that's like the co- part of the problem with the Cowboys is the cushiest place to play. Mm. You can be, uh, Garrett, would you like to venture a guess as to f- who finished dead last? Oh man. Don't, it would probably be Washington, my Washington, whatever they are now these days. Yeah. Commanders. The, the commanders. We don't, we don't, we don't say that word. Treat <laughs> treatment of families. F minus. Huh. <laughs> I never saw that coming. Never imagined. <laughs> I appreciate Washington's commitment to the bit of just making everyone miserable. <laughs> so Josh, like, nobody's the, happy. The great news for Josh Harris is he has nowhere to go but up. That's like, true. Nowhere to go but up. There's no way. Like you can't get worse than no. F minus. Like other than like killing the kid as he came up there. Like, <laughs> hey. uh. Go meet our owner, Mr. Snyder. Go say hello. Get out of you, kid. You bother me. <laughs> Tell your daddy's terrible. I'm going to cut him. I have to go harass people. Please don't, please don't get in my way right now. Yeah. Uh, food and cafeteria. D plus. Hey, we're moving on up. Moving on up. Nutritionist dietitian. B minus. So hey, there, you go. Okay. there okay. we go. Love the nutrition like, staff. Barely, like barely, like they feel they're remotely healthy there. There's something. Yeah. The locker room. F minus. Seems legit. <laughs> the training room. F minus. Mm. 
Just ask the, around. The, well, Smith. I mean, ask Trent Williams. <laughs> yeah, Trent Williams. The training staff. F. <laughs> I didn't even know an F minus was possible. Now I've I've gotten some bad grades in school. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I knew like numerically it went down. I didn't know F minus was even a thing. <laughs> I like this grading scale though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, weight room is a C. Straight coaches, Garrett, buckle your seatbelt. A. Okay. There you I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. They still have that weird guy with the curly mustache. I know that's like 50% yeah. of strength coaches. <laughs> As I said it, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm describing like half the yeah. strength coaches. Team travel, F. Yep. Which Cowboys got a C minus on that, which again, surprise. They're me. about to get a way better plane. <laughs> 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 no more discount points on the hotels either. That's. <laughs> Like, oh, you guys like that Marriott? How do you feel about the Ritz? <laughs> um, and then head coach got a C. Yeah. Ownership got a B, which I think has to do with the transition. Mm-hmm. But let's hope. Oh, yeah, all because really Dan Snyder didn't own them this year. But all these other things, there's not something that he can fix um, really, really quickly. But uh, one thing I saw about this that I want to get your guys' thoughts on, because I, I saw Kevin Clark. Uh, who's no longer with the ringer. I'm not sure where he is now. Maybe Omaha Productions. But anyway, he shared that the Chargers, they got a bad grade on family life mm-hmm. because they they make players pay for child care at the stadium on game days. And I guess that's not like a typical thing. Like there's, there's some sort of room, I guess, that you can drop your kids the, off. The Cowboys have child care at the Star. So like you can not only game days, just in general, just in general, like you okay. can, what? yeah, That's, man, they have, I mean, look, we're going to be at the star probably in March, Garrett, it'll yeah. be your first trip. Mm-hmm. It will be, you won't get to probably go around everywhere, but just when you walk and look at the front of the building, you're going to be able to like, well, there's not many things they couldn't have in here. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like okay. honestly, like if, if, if he had like a shipping company, you'd be like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> well, the thing that caught me off guard because I looked at it and it, on the surface, I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. If you're used to it being free, then if you're getting charged for it, that's a big deal. Like the A's in the vending machine. Yes. Yeah. But it was like fifty to seventy-five dollars per kid. Now I don't know the I don't know if that's per week, whatever. But as someone who pays for two children childcare every month, mm-hmm. it's like my most expensive thing. Like it's up oh, there yeah. with my mortgage is the biggest payment I have. So I was like, you guys make enough money that this seems like it'd be pretty reasonable. I mean, I understand if you're used to just getting yeah. it for free. But, like, that's a pretty discounted rate. I assume you have to pay these people that are taking care of the children. Yeah. So I was just surprised. I don't know. Yeah. I guess just a perspective thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, especially since SoFi's got to probably have a nice little yeah. child care area, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, it is weird, you know. But, I mean, if you are also, but if you're making the league, even if you're making the league. Minimum, that's true. That's like I mean, foreign. I know I know there's practice squad guys, yeah. all that. That stuff adds up, definitely. And, you know, all the taxes and everything. But yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things that, like, and it's probably hurt because – if you were a free agent and you came to the Chargers and you were with a team like Dallas or feel like somebody mm-hmm. who, who's already paid for it, paid for it, right. then, then you're like, wait a minute, what's this? Yeah, I got to pay for this now. I got to pay for this now. No, no, no. And my other owner takes care of this mm-hmm. stuff, you know? And um, yeah, so that's weird. I, I do I, like it is, it is strange. Like, but it also is strange to me that there are owners who will see, like see these credit cards from the NFLPA and they'll be like, babies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the bit, the bit like, you know, Michael Bidwell, you know, be like, I mean, he was already like under fire for having a toxic workplace, and like somebody's gonna sit around like, listen, we really need to make it better for the, the players and their families, and like, I don't give a crap about their wives. <laughs> who, who cares? It's like that Simpsons <laughs> moment where the guy's like, "Am I out of touch? 
No, it's the kids that are wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 they're not. But the thing is, you got to compare it. That's why, and I'll tell you, like, it is one of the reasons I think the Cowboys are flailing is that it is a very cushy job. Mm. Like, you want to work for Dallas Cowboys, Inc. Like, yeah. no matter what. Like, that's why when, you know, I, I, like, I'll see people in our chat room be like, this guy will never get, like, no, 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 you haven't met Jerry Jones. If Jerry Jones wants you to come to Dallas, you're coming to Dallas. Like, you're not, like, there's not people, like, he doesn't get told no yeah. in his life, like, in general. And um, so he's, he is a fantastic salesman, and he will convince you on the, like, like, oh, you know, oh, people say I meddle. I don't really meddle. I just care a lot. And they're like, oh, well, this, I want to work for somebody who's passionate. And that's what happens. And then you get there and, like, a little too passionate. Like, just. Yeah, and it's funny because I think a lot of fans, especially fans that went through the Tom Landry situation with mm-hmm. him and then the mishap with Jimmy, in their mind, like, the narrative around him is that he's this cold-hearted, like, ruthless guy. But I think in his like at least since I've been following the Cowboys, his biggest flaw is he's just way too loyal to people. Yeah, like he gives people way too much. I mean, he he had and he doesn't want to be wrong. No, he so doesn't like want to be he, wrong. So if he gives like Wade Phillips is the head coach, yes. well, he's going to give them so much rope because mm-hmm. he made that decision. And if he has to fight, like if he has to fire Mike McCarthy, that means he's wrong yeah. for like the sixth coach in a row. Or if he decided, oh, Jason, the Jason Garrett guy, he's the smartest young mind in football. Like, this is the guy that's going to be the new wave of coaching. He gave him two and a half presidential terms, mm-hmm. and nothing happened. And finally, like, you remember when he fired him, Paul? That was like a four-day process. Yeah. Like, NFL coaches are fired like that. Like, mm-hmm. you find out before the game sometimes. You find out, they call it Black Monday. On, like, Tuesday or Wednesday, he was still having exit interviews <laughs> with Jason. They were just, like, hanging out, having chat. Because he didn't, I mean, I don't think he wanted to ultimately make the decision, but he had to. But yeah, I mean he's he's a charming guy, and I, if he if you get in his good graces or he sees you as like one of his projects, yeah, then he'll he'll let it play out yeah. for a long time. Look, Dale Hansen was on the show the other day, mm-hmm. the great legendary Dale Hansen. Dale Hansen said about Jerry, he said the problem is is that the players know that they can bypass the head coach mm. at any point, and it's very true. Like I I I remember. Watching a game, I was I was in the locker room after the Bears. It was a Monday night football game. The Bears came to Dallas and absolutely dismantled the Cowboys. Uh, Jay Cutler had one of his best games ever. Mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall was on the team then, and he like he ate Brandon Carr for lunch. I mean, it was just bad. And Brandon Carr was as dejected as you've ever seen a player after a game because he was a good player yeah. and he was a hard hard worker, but. I mean, it was that was at the point where I think you kind of hit like, oh man, there's some guys in this game I can't cover anymore, right? And that's when it started thinking like, well, maybe he's a safety now <laughs> <laughs> and not a cornerback because Brandon Marshall just destroyed him. And I was very impressed with Jerry. Jerry walked right in the locker room and he like hugged him and he's like, look, it's okay, it's okay. We'll get him next time. Don't worry about it. And I thought that is equally a good and a bad thing because it is great that the, like you can have an owner who supports you like that. It is great. When you have a boss that supports you, That's it's awesome. great. It's awesome. I've heard it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you, when you have the opposite, it's awful. And it's mm-hmm. a terrible place to work, which is why everybody who's played for Washington like, just you know, doesn't understand why their life went so awry when they're right. getting to live their dream as an NFL player. <laughs> like, they just, <laughs> what ha- like, I get to live my dream. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> it's got a big condition on it for at least four years. So... I, um, but that also is like, 
Well, now I mean, like, if Brandon Carr is ever really upset about something or really needs to talk through something, he's going to skip Jason Garrett, and he's going to go right to Jerry, and that's not necessarily good. So, like, Jerry's open-door policy needs to be, like, a cracked-door policy. Like, my door is cracked, but make sure you talk to the coach first. But yeah. that's not who he is. And so, you know, and he holds grudges. He, and finally, the one with Jimmy's over, thank God. Like, <laughs> that was just pointless, but... Um, no, I mean, there's so many random things that he does that you look across the league and you're like, wait, not every owner has media availability after each game. Like, they're, you know, they're not, they're not holding court. Yeah. Not every owner has a State of the Union address before <laughs> each training camp where yeah. they just share, like, an hour of stories and stuff just because they want to. Well, they, they, they got, like, they, you'll see, you know, Arthur Blank at training camp, like, uh-huh. we're very excited about this season. We feel like we're good. You know, he'll answer the questions that they have, like, why'd you make this decision or that decision? And then after those three questions, he's like, all right, let me turn it over to the head coach and the general manager, and uh, you will see me just kind of walking around. I, <laughs> I, uh, you'll see me say hello, whatever. No. Uh, I'm fine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but Jerry's there at the table with the head coach. Yeah. He's got his son there, like an NBA player after a game, bringing, <laughs> bringing like their five-year-old up there. Like, look at what Steven's doing. Isn't that cool? He's signing people. Talk to me about the salary cap. Yeah. I don't understand it, but he <laughs> he does some math. <laughs> he gets mad at me when I try to do things. <laughs> Come on, Dad. <laughs> You're so lame. <laughs> I tried to draft Johnny Manziel. Y'all hear that story? You want to tell it again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would have been Johnny Menzel in that club Shay Shay was like, it's a blessing I did not get drafted by Dallas. Oh, that would have been such a disaster. I mean, you think it was bad in Cleveland. Yeah, just him in uptown Dallas. I mean, the city might have never recovered. I don't know. No, I mean, look, I mean, here's the other thing. Like, you know, like all that, like it would have been Dozak yeah, Martin, like all these true. things. The no. butterfly effect of it just outside of that would have been even more catastrophic for the Cowboys, which may be what they need. I've always thought that, like, They've never been bad enough for a long enough stretch for Jerry to go, this isn't working. Right, they're never just bottomed out. They're yeah. always, like, floating. Yeah, he's always trying to fix the car instead of buying a new one. And, like, oh, well, I mean, this year was just the – we're low on washer fluid. We get washer fluid, we're going to be fine. And then the next year is like, oh, when we get the washer fluid, we forgot to change the oil. Well, we'll just change the oil. And then, like, oh, now it's tires. Like, everything – there's always one thing that just trips them up because they're like, oh, it'll be fine. Oh, no, all our safeties got old at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Age 10 years in a day. Just Benjamin Button to the whole number. <laughs> I guess that would be the reverse. But uh, anyway, uh, let's talk Big 12 basketball last night, and mm-hmm. particularly the least surprising thing that's ever happened in the world in that Brock Cunningham got a flagrant two in Lubbock, Texas, in his last trip there. This is one of those things like Brock Cunningham getting a flagrant foul is not new. He's had several in his mm-hmm. career. I don't think he's ever had a flagrant two because flagrant twos have to be pretty bad. Yeah, there's no look. It's, Grayson, it's intentional. Grace, right. Grayson Allen didn't get flagrant twos for a couple times. He intentionally tripped guys. Uh-huh. Like he got, he finally got one. But like the first couple times, is like, oh well, eh. <laughs> these things happen. <laughs> yeah. Especially far away from the ball and over by the sideline. Sometimes you don't know where you put your leg. World-class athletes just flailing around. No control of the body. But Brock Cunningham felt like a guy that was building up to... To this moment? To this moment. Right? Like, I'm not wrong. Am I Garrett? Like... He's no, like, he's, been, he's been waiting for that moment. He's like the kid in class that, like, you know, this teacher really does not, like, send this kid to the principal's office. 
the thing he does to get sent to the principal's office is going to be really bad. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> I mean, him running towards the sideline, it looked like a safety who saw, who like was tracking a pass the whole way and was yeah. like, oh man, I'm going to just light this person up. There was, there was like no attempt for the ball. Yeah. It was just, I'm going to lay this person out yeah. on the sidelines. And it was like, I mean, he, He's, I think he said it on social media later. It was like his parting gift to, to yeah. Texas Tech fans. No, but it was like, it felt to me that this is something that's building. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was, he was working up to hit this. This was his white album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this was what he, listen, my art is not necessarily basketball. Mm. I, I do basketball yeah. because it allows me to work in my art. Yep. My art is running into people <laughs> and making them angry. That's and I'm not know. even talking trash about Brock Cunningham in particular. I think if you've got a Brock Cunningham on your team, you love him. But sure. if you're anyone else in the Big 12, he is, I mean, and he is by far the most hated player in the Big 12. Like, if you took a survey of fans, like, who do you hate the most? It would be like Brock Cunningham and other <laughs> that's it they yeah, don't there's just, no number two yeah no there's no number two but the tech fans responded kind of in kind and they threw bottles and things on the mm-hmm. floor and made the whole thing worse and tense which you like we've seen some strange fan behavior from time to time especially coming off the court storming at wake yeah and i know that tech is embarrassed about this as an institution I promise you most of the fans aren't. No, they're not. The <laughs> they're not this, at all. this is their brand. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. like, listen, Brock Cunningham's brand is hitting people or running into people. And I know it's not all tech fans, but that's a place that you don't want to go play. It's a tough environment. They're sort of known for getting rowdy. They're like the Philadelphia fans of the Big 12. Yes, that's they are. a great point. Yeah. That's yeah. what they are. And that look, that is their that is their vibe, right? That's their what they want mm-hmm. out of life. So, uh, and look, that's again, not begrudging them that at all. I, you know, sometimes you got to be better. And you do. That was one of those times where you can just, you know, just boo, just right. Boo. Just boo. Yeah. Or, I mean, like he did what you want him to do in a way. He got a flagrant too. He got ejected. Mm-hmm. There's no need to like raise the stakes here, yeah. but and yeah, they was were a wild more, moment. and they're also more mad that they were losing to Texas at home. Mm-hmm. And a Texas team that's been flailing for a little while and needed that win bad. Like, that cannot be overstated how badly mm. Texas needed that win at Lubbock. And they got run out of the gym, too. And, and for Texas Tech, I mean, this is – it's for all Big 12 schools. Like, Texas coming to town for the last time, presumably, until, you know, whenever they reschedule them in non-conference. But this was the last chance to – Get after the Longhorns. And it's not as heated as it was when Chris Beard was there, but that's still a huge rivalry for Tech fans. Um, So they're ready to rock. I will say, I'm not condoning the behavior, but one of the funniest broadcast cutaways I've seen in a long time is, you know, they're they're like, they got a camera shot of the bench, and Fran Fraschilla is like, yeah, this is bad. Like, we just, everybody just needs to get out here safely. And then they cut away to a young man who's being carried out by like seven police officers in handcuffs. Which he should have been. Which he should have been. But he's just getting dragged out and he's screaming. It was, uh, it's pretty funny. It was unintentional comedy. Yeah, he had, it it very much had the, uh, Ricky Bobby's dad. Like, (laughs) this is egregious. I'm a veteran. (laughs) We were cellmates, Clem. You got a payback coming. (laughs) It was, uh, it was definitely, am I being detained type of moment? No. And look, 
Uh, Alan on the chat room says Cunningham needs to be suspended. He will be. He's got a flagrant mm-hmm. two. He's going to be suspended. I, I'm and no like what he did was wrong. What I'm telling you is like he's been building to this point and was going to do it to the fans and love it because they are like the Eagles. Like that's the vibe. I'm not even harshing on your vibe. Like if you want to be the villain fans, live in it. Live right. in your truth because yeah. whatever advantage you can get at your stadium and your court. Get it? Just don't throw things. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. There's ground rules. Just, look, I, I I draw the line at debris. At trying to hurt people. Yeah, yeah. debris they, is where I draw the line. Did they know? do the same thing to Oregon in football when Oregon started coming back on them? They started like throwing stuff on the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, there's always been like unsubstantiated rumors, I guess, that batteries, yeah, other foreign objects, uh, like they're gonna get thrown there, especially during football games. You just sort of have to be prepared. Like, yeah. that could happen. Uh, and I thought Grant McCaslin handled it well. Like, he yeah. got out there. He mm-hmm. was like, hey, like we got to stop this. Yeah. Uh, one interesting thing, too, is Rodney Terry said after the game, and I don't really know what happens in this situation, Paul, but he was like, we were pretty close to just walking, like all of us walking off the court, yeah. which I think in some ways that would have amped things up because you have to go through the tunnel yeah. and you're, like, walking into a storm of people. But I don't, I mean, I don't really know what they would yeah. do in that scenario, yeah. but they were about to just pack it up and be like, all right, yeah. let us know when it's safe to get back out yeah. here. Well, they, like, you know what they probably do in those situations is they just clear the arena. Yeah. They're like, all right, you know, and then the teams have to sit there until like everybody's gone and then they come back out and they play the rest of the game. Play the last 10 minutes. Right? Yeah. But I mean, I think that was mostly the fans were mad um, about that. Kim, please do not be mad. I want to say the fans were mad about how the game was going. Mm-hmm. Brock Cunningham took a cheap shot at a player, yeah. and that was that, you know? So, um, yeah, I like, again, living your truth as Texas Tech fans, Kim's very mad. Kim's very mad. what? Oh, because we were talking about Tech. It so, happens. Yeah. Is Kim a Tech fan? Yeah. Okay. So, I'm, why, why am I full of crap? Please, somebody on the chat room, tell me why I'm full of crap. The tech fans threw things on the court. That's not good. I'm saying that was the right. bad thing. Cunningham thing was way bad. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not backing him up either. It was a cheap shot by Brock Cunningham. It was terrible. But he also got like the but, most severe punishment he could but, get. On but the I court. and like what I said earlier was like he was building to this moment in his yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what he was going to do. And I'm not surprised because he's he plays like a punk most of the time. Mm-hmm. Is that what you want me to say? I don't understand like why I'm full of crap for saying that like you know. Yeah. Like, the Tech fans reacted poorly. Again, you've got, like, when Brock Cunningham does that, boo the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wear his ass out. Just don't throw things. Just don't throw things. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Like, that was, again, like, both sides did embarrass themselves here. Like, uh-huh. that's the problem. Like, look, Baylor did it against A&M a few years, mm-hmm. like, way back, 2008 or something like that. Baylor did it. They embarrassed themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, Again, there's no reason to do it. It's bad fan behavior. And me telling you that you're the Philadelphia Eagles of the Big 12 is not an insult. No. It's not. Look, they've done some things that have over the line. But look, part of the reason you go into Philly and you're worried if you're like an Eagles or the Sixers or wherever is like, you know, you're going to get the business from the fans. And that's, that's good. So, no, I'd rather, I'd much rather have a passionate fan base that makes things tough than. An apathetic yeah. one that doesn't Or people have a, that don't show up. Yeah, a yeah. home court advantage. I mean, it's the same. Like, tech fans are – they're like SEC fans. And, I mean, yeah. that is a compliment. Exactly. Like, it's, it's like going to Baton Rouge on a Saturday night. It's yeah. going to be hard for you. Yeah. But – Yeah, and look, Katie Rader says, yes, 
throwing is bad, but flagrant stuff gets a response. Boo! <laughs> Boo! Well, it's fine. It goes back to your point. Like, a lot of this was just, you're down by 25. Yeah, I mean, that's the what half. the frustration was. Like, and that's then what that the frustration happened. was. Yeah. And then Brock, Brock Cunningham, habitual line stepper, decides to lay somebody out. And, yeah. But, I mean, he got, like, they took care of that. They gave him a flagrant two and kicked him out. Yeah. And, look, he's going to get I'm the league's going to suspend him. You get right. suspended for ejections. It's going to happen. I don't know how many games. Like, whatever they say, I mean, it's probably one less than he probably should get suspended. Again, because this is a serial flagrant foul offender. Mm-hmm. He's not a flagrant two offender, yeah. which they, like, there are some times where you're like, you can call a flagrant two on that, and they don't, because it's really hard to prove intent most of the time. Mm-hmm. This one was so cut and dry, you know. But again, like, you know, tech fans getting mad because I'm like, hey, that was a bad look for you to respond to what was an even worse look with a bad look. Yeah, that's bad. Again, you know, look, it was ugly. It was ugly. The, the Big 12 not going to be happy about it. That, like, I'm not on either side here. But both of them did a bad thing. Both, both made mistakes. Yes. Yeah. No, both made mistakes. Like, you know. But you can't throw stuff. It's yeah. frowned upon. Yeah. So, anyway, but. <laughs> um, Katie Ray says he hates the he's a big Texas Tech fan uh, says he hates the tortilla throwing crap <laughs> but yeah I, I think that's a good bit but, but I mean I, yeah I, I can see where it gets yeah. annoying no look suspend that like the fan like the fans at Tech you know stepped over the line that's all I'm saying so yeah it was and, and again like that you know you ruin things for a lot of her people but yeah I mean saying it's okay to like be bad when somebody's worse, like that's where you gotta take the high road. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm Mr. Like you saw Gary Patterson Chipotle today. He's he yeah, was Mr. High Road. I did. Yeah. I saw Gary. <laughs> yeah. And I did it was weird, man. I saw Gary and there was a point in my life where he was one of the most important people in my life. I saw him at Chipotle today. He's giving he's just getting the orders out. And I didn't feel anything. It was like seeing an ex girlfriend mm-hmm. or oh, something. It's just I didn't I mean, I was just like, okay, there's Gary Patterson. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's weird. It is sod. And it's, it's like you, I mean, he, he was such a huge part of your life. He was. And he didn't, here's the thing. He didn't retire from TCU. No, he was let go. They let him go. And he's and, upset about that. And I understand it. Yeah. And there's a statue of him there. Yeah. That was. Which now feel like. It feels kind of silly. <laughs> he's the all-time winningest coach. He like, is. It, it'll age fine. But right now it looks Wow. However long he's at Baylor, which I think will be this, I think he's one year. Yeah, because yeah, I think he wants to be a head coach again, and I don't think he'll be the head coach at Baylor. Like if it doesn't work out, if it doesn't work out with Dave Aranda, like there's all these people like, oh well, then they'll just make Gary Patterson. Well, he'd be part of that. Mm-hmm. Like if it doesn't work out with Dave Aranda, like you're talking about a clean sweep here. No, I don't think. So. I mean, unless it's like a interim coach situation, I don't see a scenario where he is ever the head guy. But yeah. I mean, I was surprised. I thought he was going to be a remote employee, Paul, but he's. He's down here in yeah. the offices. Yeah. Taking lunch orders. Yeah. Do you think he's going to get some gigs? <laughs> think he'll get a couple gigs? A little acoustic set? Next time I take my kids to shorties, he's going to be playing like country oh. covers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't, like, could you imagine like being in a place and not knowing he's going to be there? And then like somebody comes up like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the one, the only, the incomparable, Gary Patterson, everybody. And he just comes out and he's like, Amarillo by morning. And you're like, what? Or if you walk downtown and he's like busking, he's just, <laughs> just got a guitar case open. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, should I give this guy who's got millions of dollars, like two bucks? I mean, he's doing a good job, but it, yeah. I don't know if he needs it. Yeah. 
Gary's like, I'd like to welcome my very special guest, Dennis Francioni. <laughs> going to help me sing Islands in the Stream. <laughs> he should start like a coach band. That'd be great. Oh, my gosh. Like like James Dolan or yeah. uh, or the uh, like of those senators that have like an acapella group. <laughs> <laughs> if Gary went on the road with like Rick Neuheisel, oh, man, that'd be great. <laughs> or just playing like coaching conventions and <laughs> yeah. nursing homes. Yeah, yeah. The coaching conventions would be big. Like, <laughs> Uh, like they get one like main act like real big fish or something right. and then <laughs> that, that I mean you got it because at coaching conventions yeah. not going to get you know somebody big they're sure. not going to get Bruno Mars right. it's going to be somebody from the 90s that they're like, like oh hey yes. 6,000 bucks let's go did you hear Gary Patterson's open, opening for Darius Rucker <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so yeah I can't I would that would be that would be something. I like this idea for him. No, I do. I do. Like, he gets like Nick Saban playing the cowbell or something. Yeah. Just, just to have him there. Yeah. I don't like, I don't think, um, I don't think that, uh, they, uh, that Gary Patterson likes us very much, uh, here at 365 sports. I think he's cool with Smokey. We yeah. know he blocked Craig on Twitter. Well, and I don't he, think he likes me because I've been very critical of him and I, like I would, I have no problem even saying that to him. Like, yeah. I, I think that you got to kind of get a grip. So. He doesn't like, well, I don't know. He's blocked so many people on Twitter. I don't think he would even recognize who I am. But he blocked me at one point, And then <laughs> Gary was pretty active. Like, if you direct messaged him on social media, he would sometimes yeah. get back to you. So one of my friends one time uh, was like, hey, you should unblock this guy, Steven. I know him personally. He's a good dude. And so he unblocked me. And then... Like shortly after that, I said something critical about him, and he blocked me again. So he's seen my profile like <laughs> yeah. three or four times, yeah. and he's kind of gone back and forth. Are well, you still I mean, blocked by Wade Phillips? I got blocked by Wade. I've been blocked by a lot of people, but I'm not like a <laughs> troll. I just people misunderstand me. Yeah. Why did Wade Phillips block you? Because <laughs> when he won the Super Bowl with Denver, I thought Wade was funny on Twitter. He was like an old man who didn't really know how to use it. Uh-huh. And one time he posted a picture of he and his him and his wife at like a Mexican restaurant, and they were wearing sombreros. <laughs> And when he won the Super Bowl, I saved that picture and I tweeted it at him. And I was like, congratulations, hombre. Like, you just won a Super Bowl. And I thought it was funny. But he, I guess he thought I was making fun of him. So oh. he just blocked me. Wow. No, Wade, that's, Wade is very nice. Very, He's very nice. really nice. <laughs> very nice. And you've just, like, here's the thing. I'll tell you about Gary Patterson, not known as a nice guy. Like, no, known Wade's, as being cantankerous. Wade's super nice. Wade is, the, the reason he got fired from the Cowboys is he was way too nice. Yeah, like they had no accountability <laughs> no, he, in the locker room. He blocked me. I will say, one of my buddies had him make a cameo video for me for my birthday one time, and he referenced that. And Wade did it. He had no idea how to film himself. It was like he was his angles was horrible. But anyway, I was I'm one of like probably five people with a Wade Phillips cameo. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that we need to do cameos here for a while. Yeah, just to see how you it see would what go. the demand is. Just yeah. see how it would go. Yeah, yeah. Or like if somebody's like, I got to get my daughter a cameo. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, seven dollars. Paul Catalina. Like. Hey, Kristen, happy 13th birthday. I would love a Craig Smoke cameo video. It's just like <laughs> two minutes of him looking disgusted. <laughs> like, happy birthday, Darius. Um, you're 13. Thanks for watching or whatever. Like scrolling on a laptop. Like, right, yeah. yeah. You're like, I don't get this. Why do you even care? <laughs> but thanks Congrats for this. on living another year. Thanks for the 20 bucks. <laughs> that you could like. Then he's like, you could just put this same $20 in a card and give it to him. 
<laughs> That's, I think there's a future there. Yeah, I do. I would like to see Smokey try to film him on his own. Oh, I don't know if that's that. There would be a whole thing like, Garrett, we got to film yeah. 10 cameos today. <laughs> That'd be a great bit if you signed him up for cameo and had him do it in the studio and you guys just kept having people call him like while he was trying to, <laughs> while he was trying to film it. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. He would, like, he would enjoy it, though. Like, oh, here's he would the love it. If you put Smokey on cameo, oh, he, he would, would enjoy that. He yeah. would have such a good time Very with it. personable. He would, be, he would be, if you're a fan and you wanted, like, he would make your cameo oh, yeah. count. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be one of those ones that you get, like, James Woods is like, <laughs> look, I got another divorce to pay for. <laughs> He's just, like, there drinking a scotch, like, happy birthday, Carrie. <laughs> Heard you were a big fan of Mississippi Burning. <laughs> no, he, he would be into it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When we come back, the most intriguing quarterbacks for 2024, an article by Bill Connolly, and hopefully the Texas Tech fans can forgive me. In the chat room, Katie Raider, Super Chat 365. Looks like he's past it. Maybe you guys need to text Kim. I'm going to text Kim and, and see if he's okay in a little bit. Let him cool down a little bit. But uh, I could not put his uh, comment up in the chat. It's how bad it was. <laughs> this is 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back. I hope to Kim Coulter. I hope he's back. I do. I like Kim a lot. Kim's a great guy. He just gets Texas Tech and Oklahoma State fans. They get in their feelings. They get in their feelings a little fast in the chat, I think, more. Because sometimes, I think, and look, admittedly, I think we do like gloss over them a little bit more. And it's, it's probably, they probably have a little bit of justification in that, but I promise you, it's never intentional. No. It never is. Unless you're wet blanket, then it totally is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it just to mess with you. But I would never mess with tech fans. I would never do it. No. I'm, I'm not an idiot. I wouldn't either. No. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to mess with them. Yeah, I'm not going to mess with tech fans. I respect the fervor that they have. Uh, and I respect any fervor. That's positive fervor, and most of their fervor is positive. No, I appreciate their passion. I did a radio hit before last season and said I didn't think they were going to be that good in football, and I heard about it for like four straight days on the internet. You weren't <laughs> yeah. wrong, though. A bunch of people yeah. just coming at me, but, you know, I get it. Like, yeah. that's, that's your school. Yeah. That's okay, what you do. I do intentionally troll Texas. But I that's do think, different, though. But yeah. I do think that Texas – everybody should. But I do think that Texas fans know that about me. Yes. That I'm going to do it. 
Like, I'm going to make fun of them. And they invite it with yeah, their attitude. I do. Like, I do it. But again, they're good at mostly everything. I'm not really making fun of it. I'm mostly making fun of... I'm like, I like to make fun of entitled fans. I'll right. make fun of Cowboys fans. We are very entitled. And we're just now getting to the point in our lives mm-hmm. where we're like, oh, we probably shouldn't be anymore. Like, you know, so, like, pe- like I, I see people making jokes about the Cowboys all the time. And there was a period in my life. you like, yeah, five Super Bowls, chump. And then you're like, man, it's been since the 90s. Belichick and Brady single-handedly took that down. It's, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Yeah. Look, tough these days. Here's the thing. Monica Lewinsky wasn't even a thing. The, the, when the Cowboys last won the Super Bowl. What a weird moment like, to think about that, landmark. But, like, think about that. Like, I think about presidential administrations. Like, yeah. Bill Clinton's hadn't even really gone awry yet. Like, everything was kind of smooth for him. <laughs> he was still <laughs> playing saxophone on Arsenio. <laughs> yeah. Like. yeah. Nobody, no, like, people would make jokes about, like, man, it's time as governor a little bit. But, like, the last time the Cowboys won, like, nobody knew who Ken Starr was. Nobody knew who Linda Tripp was. Like, that's it. And, look, there are people in the chat room who probably don't even know who I'm talking about right now. That's yeah. how long ago it's been that, yeah. you know, people have come in throughout history. So, Ken Starr went on to have a very non-controversial career post. <laughs> yeah, post all that. <laughs> um, I have a. Do you want me to tell my? I think I think I can tell it now. And, and like, I, I, Ken Starr was very good to me, and I don't like. He's very nice to me, but I'm going to tell this story because I think it's very funny, and then we'll get to this Bill Connolly article. So my college roommate Stacy came to visit the weekend that McLean Stadium opened. That. They played actually on a Sunday in Florida. The reason he did that is Florida State and Oklahoma State played at AT&T Stadium on Saturday. So it was in 2014. It was right after the national championship. Jameis was still there. Um, and so we, me, my dad, my nephew, and Stacy went up to that game. And then Stacy came with me to the opening of McLean Stadium. And 2014, you were still in school, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, Stephen was still in school. I didn't know Garrett yet. But um, we get done doing the pregame show, and Judge Starr, Ken Starr is down there. So I went and said hello to him and talked to him. And he would do this thing where he would, like, put his hands on your shoulders and, like, really focus in on what you're saying. And, you know, he's, he, was, he was very friendly in person, very, very nice guy. And, like, pull, politics aside, like, yeah. taking all that out, he was always very good to me. But he was known for one thing you know, more than anything else, and that was being the special counsel in the, in the Monica Lewinsky, White, what, all that case. And so Stacy, my roommate from college, is an attorney now. And so, you know, attorneys all, like, know the, the, you know, the big boppers and the people right. who've done things. So um, I introduced him. I said, oh, uh, Judge Starr, this is uh, my, one of my best friends in the world, Stacy, uh, who's a, a fellow attorney like yourself. And... He's like, oh, hi, Ken Starr. And he, you know, and he said, he's, I said, he's the president of the university now. And, you know, here we are. And he's like, oh, are you enjoying your time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, we go to the van and drop off the gear. And then we're walking up to the stadium. And Stacy goes, who was that? I said, well, that's Ken Starr. He's like, the blowjob guy? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, Oh, you mean like the Clinton guy? He's like, yeah, the Clinton guy. I was like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> I think he would describe his, his life differently, but yeah. yeah. That was, but that was, he was like, that guy? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's him. That's the one. <laughs> like the, like the def- definition of is, is like that mm-hmm. attorney is like, yes, that's him. He's like, he knows you by name, like first name, like hello, Paul. I'm like, yeah, I've seen him all the time. He's like, that is the weirdest celebrity to know <laughs> in the whole world. He's like, you could know any other like famous person from the 90s. And I wouldn't even think it was weird. He's like, but 
that you were on a first name basis with, with Ken, Ken Star? Star is blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, it's weird how life takes turns. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we all got to make a name for ourselves like, one way or the other. He was like, I'd honestly be less surprised if Emmanuel Lewis from Webster walked up and he was like, hey, Paul. And he'd be like, and be like, yeah, that probably makes sense. Paul probably knows Webster. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, John Stamos, like, hey, buddy, how you going? He's like, yeah, it's fine. It's probably run across Stamos in his travels, <laughs> but, Super Bowl yeah. or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, it's my old uh, girlfriend Jody Sweeten. You ever heard from Paul House? <laughs> Broke up when she got into drugs. No, I mean, like that. Those things would have like not surprised him as much as but like Ken Star just special White House tracks. counsel. He's yeah. like. Like, is Henry Kissinger coming to sit with you, or <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So, anyway, but uh, I uh, wanted to get into this article here about uh, the 10 most interesting quarterbacks, Bill Connolly, who we've had on the show a bunch of times. I hope we get him on again soon. But he lists the top 10, and in that top 10, our former Big 12 quarterback, Kyron Jones, who's number two, by the way, hmm. but Big 12 quarterback Jalen Daniels at Kansas mm-hmm. – Big 12 quarterback Avery Johnson at Kansas State at three and four. K.J. Jefferson at UCF. That's number six. Number seven, Josh Hoover. And I, I'm sorry, my voice broke when I said that. Hoover. Um, I get emotional about him, too. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, and, and number – okay, so that's those three. And then he mentions um, Preston Stone at SMU, who's a, who's a Texas guy. But we'll go through – Real quick, number one, and it's number one for the second year in a row, is Drew Aller, a guy who is like 23 and four as a starter, but those four are at Ohio State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like, just they don't, or whatever it was. I mean, I see probably not that because this was his first year, but he went, they went 11 and two the year before, 11 and 0 against everyone else. And then what did they do this year? 11 and two. And lost to Ohio yeah, State and Michigan. Right. So he's got to – I mean, he's got a huge upside. His big deal is former Kansas offensive coordinator, Andy Kolnicki, hopefully going to go in there and help Penn State get over that hump so they're not just this, well, if it wasn't for Michigan and Ohio State team, mm-hmm. they would be in this. But it is intriguing that he is number one because he could take James Franklin from being the, man, he's good coach to, man, he's probably a great coach. Yeah, I mean, he's, he definitely feels like a guy that could raise their ceiling. Uh, the Kolicki connection is fascinating because if you've watched Kansas over the last few years, I mean, they do some bizarre stuff, but it works with their mm-hmm. motions, with the different things that they do in the run game. Um, but, yeah, all there, I mean, the question is, can you make big plays? Can you get that team to a place where they don't feel like – like I've made this joke before, but it's been true the last few years. Penn State feels like a team that exists solely to raise – the resume of Michigan and Ohio State because it's a quality win yeah. on their schedule. Like, it's a game that they're going to lose, but they win the rest of them. Um, can you find a way to pull off an upset? Aller feels like the guy that could do that the way he can throw it around. By the way, um, passes last year over 20 yards downfield. He is 6 of 28. Oof. So they've got to change that because part of the reason their offense wasn't good is it, it lives in a box. Yeah, no explosiveness. Yeah. yeah, they don't have explosiveness. And so that's – Look, that's believe me, Kansas had explosiveness. Like, if you mm-hmm. watch a Kansas game, they had at least one play a game that was like a whoa, here we go. Well, and they scheme so much of it up, too. I mean, I think Jalen, we'll talk about Jalen Daniels later, and he's great. Jason Bean did a nice job, but there's so many guys through the years for them under Lance Leipold and Kalicki that just ran free, like just tight ends and receivers that were all alone, and that makes life easier for a quarterback. Yeah. 
Uh, Kyron Drones, Virginia Tech, uh, number two. Uh, I'm curious to see if the passing becomes more into it. For him, mm-hmm. it did down the stretch a little bit. But he was more about a, a running threat. And he got Virginia Tech back into the discussion a little bit. Yeah. And I don't think that they're going to contend for the ACC this year either. But I do think that they're a team that is going to make it difficult on the teams they play, especially the ones who are contending for the conference. Because Kyron, like, he makes big play. Like, I think the – only touchdown that they scored against FSU was because of him. Yep. So, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's, you know, so he he's he's certainly a factor. When he transferred, I remember thinking, yeah, I mean, that's unfortunate because you want to keep young quarterbacks around, but I didn't feel like it was going to be a huge deal. But he was effective in those moments that he played for mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. Uh, and that's a school, man, if like they've really fallen behind in the race with facilities and NIL. So if you're going to find a way to burst back on the scene, you have to have like a generational mm-hmm. player. So yeah. maybe Kyron Jones can be that, that gets some buzz again around Blacksburg and that program to where, okay, we can, we can sell this as a place where you need to be. Yeah. Virginia Tech is one of those teams in this realignment mess that is it's caught up in the like, do you remember that we were really awesome oh, were, for yeah, like yeah. 15 years? Yeah. Like, we, <laughs> they, you did not walk out of Blacksburg at least oh. not limping. I mean, mm-hmm. you might have beat them, but I mean, Beamer Ball was something else. Yeah. And he, he found a way. To where when he did have elite quarterbacks like Mike Vick and they, they played in the national championship and lost. I just want to point that out. They played in the national championship game and lost. Did you watch that game? In person. Maybe, maybe like outside of my wedding. Like outside of my wedding. Best day of your life? Yeah, and even then, like <laughs> no, it's a toss-up. <laughs> yeah. Best day. Best day ever. In New Orleans, winning the title. Just I was not I wasn't even 20 yet. And people are just handing me drinks at restaurants and not asking me for any kind of identification. Yeah. I could have been a terrorist, for God's sakes. Like, here. <laughs> Paul was a decade younger than Chris Winkie. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I had a couple classes with him. And, like, you would, you would sit like you'd sit next to other football players and you'd be like, oh, okay. You know, like you're looking at a guy. Yeah. And then you look at Chris Winkie and you're like, you know, he's yeah. like gets on the, you know, he – the those days, not everybody had a cell phone, but Chris Rinky had a cell phone because <laughs> he, he had a bunch of money in the bank from playing for the Blue Jays. Right. And uh, he, like, you remember he, like, picked up a call and, like, hung it up, and I was just thinking, like, that's probably his, like, IRA manager. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about his 401K. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Uh, you're going to have to sell all that uh, Petco stock. You've got to get... Pet stuff. I don't. I don't. I'm not for that. But uh, yeah. let's buy big on Apple. I hear they got some good things coming. <laughs> You're doing some light trading before practice. <laughs> and I'm just like, hey guys, uh, you want pizza? Or... <laughs> <laughs> what if we just stayed in all night and played video games? <laughs> That'd be awesome, right? <laughs> it's a Wednesday. <laughs> um, no. So uh, Jalen Daniels and Avery Johnson, three and four. So let's talk about the Sunshine Superstars mm-hmm. here. Uh, if Jalen Daniels can be healthy, I think Kansas is playing for the Big Twelve title. I, I fully believe it. Mm-hmm. I think if he stays healthy, especially for all 12 games, they are playing for the Big 12 title. Are they going to win it? I don't know. That means who they're, they're going to play. But I think if he's healthy, they are playing for it. They're one of the teams. If he's not, they'll probably still contend for it because they'll, they'll figure it out. But if he's healthy, I think he swings this conference huge towards the Jayhawks. It, I agree that it's all about health with him. I do find one thing interesting about their season. Because they're going through the stadium reconstruction. Mm-hmm. So they're playing some games at Arrowhead. Which they won't fill. Yeah, but I mean. But I, don't, so, I don't say that it's bad. It's just like. No, they're not going to fill it. They're and not gonna fill I, it. I do find that fascinating, though. Like, I know that place gets loud. I mean, the Chiefs' environment is kind of like a college stadium. Mm-hmm. But does that work against you in some also, ways? Although, got an F 
from, I know, the, got players from, the, from the players. <laughs> um, does that work against you some ways with home field advantage? Even though that, I mean, that the football stadium's not like yeah. the fog, right? But um, bottom line is, if he's healthy, he's one of the most dynamic players in college football. I mean, there was a, a short time last year, I think especially after that Friday night win against Illinois where he went off, where it was like, is he a dark horse Heisman candidate? I mean, yeah. is there a world where we're talking about him right. being in New York if he keeps putting up these numbers? He's special talent. Yeah, absolutely. And look, Avery Johnson, to follow that up, also a special talent. Yes. And someone who um, I think can be very transformative for Kansas State in that, look, Will Howard, this is how good Avery Johnson can be and mm-hmm. what they think of him, is that Will Howard, a quarterback who helped to win the Big 12 title two years ago, uh, is now off to Ohio State, a program that their resume all time in Kansas State you wouldn't confuse. And I'm not dogging Kansas State. I'm just saying that, like, Ohio State is, like, one of the kings of the blue uh-huh. bloods. You know, like, they're, you know, they're, they're the ones who be like, um, I'm sorry, this is, uh, this is not farm-raised beef. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is not grass-fed. Yeah. Get it out of here. Get You're that 10-2 and two season out of my face. Yeah, absolutely. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> As we're at Kansas State, they can, you know, they can walk around outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, can, they can, if they have a friend, they can play nine. <laughs> but they, like, it's different. I mean, and, but they sent Will Howard off. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State's like, that guy's a great option for us. And Kansas State's like, yeah, we loved Will Howard, but, like, this guy could be super special. Yeah, he could be transcendent. I do wonder how they build this offense around him, especially with Colin Klein gone now. Mm-hmm. Because in the second half of that season, I mean, Will Howard was a dual threat too. But mm-hmm. when Avery Johnson ran, it was it was different. Like, you could yeah. tell he was dynamic. So what does the passing game look like with him? But, um, again, even with some turnover on that offensive line because they lost pretty much everybody, he can mitigate some of that with mm-hmm. his legs. And I still think he's got a much higher ceiling than what they've had at QB in the past. Yeah, absolutely. So – uh, 2023 total QBR minimum 70 dropbacks. He was only behind Jaden Daniels. Now he didn't play as much as Jaden Daniels, right. yeah. but you saw how efficient he is in the time that he did play, especially if you saw that bowl game. And I know bowl games are not necessarily the fairest comparison for what you, you know, are, but he was really good in that game yeah. and, and could control it. Number five, Nico Amaliava at Tennessee. Look, he's getting a bunch of NIL money. So he's intriguing because he, he could be, Joe Milton was fine. He yeah. was just fine. Um, and, you know, they, they just – they didn't have explosive offense. I think Nico can change that. I don't want to spend too much time on him because I do want to get to Josh Hoover before we do a real quick NFL draft rapid fire. Josh Hoover, um, his total QBR from week seven onward was 81.2. And thanks to Bill Connolly for doing all this work for me. Um, and he was he was behind some – some pretty good quarterbacks in that. Um, he was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th in that. And so um, four of those guys are not returning uh, this year. So eight, eight are coming back. So that's good news for TCU. But, Stephen, you have a lot invested in this, in Josh Hoover. Um, yeah. I was a little bit surprised that they did not – at least to this point, have not investigated quarterback in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And I know Kendall Browse really well, yeah. and we talked to Sonny Dykes a lot. And so I know that if Kendall Browse believes in you as the quarterback, that's a good sign, and it, it means that, that he, at least for TCU, that like, if he thinks that you can be good, like he, he's, he's got a pretty good hit rate. 
Yeah, Josh has grown a lot. He he was originally an Indiana commit, and when he came over, Sonny, you know, Sonny Dykes takes the job. They showed some interest. He committed, but it wasn't like a huge necessarily deal that he did. Everybody was kind of like, okay, three-star quarterback from Rockwell Heath, local kid. But he threw the ball a lot last year behind an offensive line that wasn't great. They've kind of revamped that. One thing I do wonder about with him, Paul, is he didn't really run the ball much at all last season. And I don't know if that was because they were basically down to no quarterbacks behind mm-hmm. him or if that was just because he doesn't have the ability. But, I mean, pretty much every successful Kendall Browse quarterback that's existed has been able to make plays with his legs. So I wonder how much they – you know, put that into the system this year. He's got some good receivers. They went got Eric McAllister from Boise State, who was super productive last year for the Broncos. I think he has a chance to be good. It, it really comes down to, though, can you be efficient and score in the red zone? Because that was the Achilles heel for that offense last year. And and these offensive systems that are tempo-based, you know, kind of more of an air raid system, like can you run the ball when you have to? Mm-hmm. Can you score in the red zone? Um, but I think he's got great potential. And – one thing that you can't really measure, and I know it can sound cliche, but the team responded to him well. Like, I mean, I don't know all the behind-the-scenes things, but they, they seemed to play harder for him than they did Chandler Morris. I'll just mm. say that. And I, I think it was a good change for the program. So, mm. you know, he's he has some of those leadership qualities, and for whatever reason – the group kind of rallied around him after he took over. Yeah. By the way, bracket cat. Um, we actually were trains of K State fan. Actually, return four starters and part time starters on the offensive line okay. uh, at Kansas State. So that's good. Now they do lose Cooper Beebe, who mm-hmm. is one of the better guards in the draft, and they do lose uh, midway zone uh, KT Leviston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never called him that. I just called him Katori, but right. uh, <laughs> but KT Leviston and both those guys are probably going to be NFL. I mean, Cooper Beebe for sure is going to mm-hmm. be an NFL player in the second or third round, uh, and then. Uh, KT Levison will be drafted yeah. somewhere. Yeah. He's, a, he's a really good player. So they do have to replace two NFL players on the line, but I, like with Chris Kleiman, like yeah, it's I, one of those things I never. I don't worry, worry about, about them being physical. I, right. I, I just yeah. you know how does the change like what's the change in offense for them yes. with Colin Klein pain. gone? Yeah. So um, you know does that work out for 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 them? All right, NFL draft rapid fire. Let's uh, do it, Stephen. Let's just let's let Garrett pick a team. Okay. Uh, just like a random team? Just a random team, one that we maybe haven't done yet. Uh, let's go with the Dolphins. The Dolphins, okay. Ooh. The Dolphins. So we're going to talk about the Dolphins today. They pick at 21 in the first round. They don't have a heck of a lot of picks because I think their third-round pick is still forfeited from the scandal. Now, mm-hmm. they have let go of Xavier Howard, which means cornerback's a position of need. Um Running back, not offensive line. Probably, you know, Connor Williams is hurt, and yeah. they've got to figure that out. So, if you're the Dolphins, Stephen, in the first, like, what what's your priority in the draft to come away with? Because they are knocking on the door of being really good. I know people are not completely sold on Tua, but I mean, I think they're like they're good enough to like right. with Tua and those receivers and Mostert and um, Devin Achan, you know, that they're. Mm-hmm. They're going to be all right on offense, but they do need probably a little help on defense. And but they're knocking on the door. Like if, maybe if that game's played in Miami and not Kansas <laughs> not City, negative five degrees, they yeah. might they might have shown out better. I don't know. It's Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, so who knows? But right. you know, I mean, I think the Dolphins at twenty one. You're probably looking at a boring pick. I could see offensive line being the move there. You talked about Xavier Howard, um, but I would be really. I would probably zero on a defense. I know with that spot in the draft, you can't be like 
we have to draft this specific player yeah. or this specific need. But I just feel like with McDaniel there, they're always going to have a good running game. They found a way to make this work with Tua. They have ridiculous skill players. Yeah. Like, you have to find more dynamic players on the defense, whether that's a corner, maybe an edge rusher. Um, that would be my first kind of top two priorities for that team. I, I would tell you what, uh, Byron Murphy is probably going to be there around 21. Mm-hmm. And that's something I would, I would consider. Um, and then, like, look, if you've got a Chop Robinson, Jared Verse, somebody like that hanging around, like, yeah. take them. By the way, Jared Verse said today, he wishes he had not opted out of the bowl game and could have convinced other players to stay. That, he said that at the combine today. Thank you. I'm not surprised to hear him say that. I do think that probably the wave of regret, like I don't think any of those guys thought like they thought like, yeah, we might lose this game. It's not gonna be sixty three to three, and then yeah. like it happened. They're like, oh well, maybe we should have, maybe we should have played that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that being said, but if you have one of those guys, you can do that. I mean, look. Um, Cooper DeJean, Kool-Aid McKinstry, they're in the defensive backfield. They're, are both guys I think you can help them uh, at, at 21. Uh, Johnny Newton from uh, Illinois, or Jerzon Newton, but he's been going by Johnny uh, lately. And Johnny Newton sounds like Johnny Neutron to me, so, like, that immediately like that. he's like, okay, that's a plus. There we go. That's a plus there on the draft go. board. And he's, he's got Aaron Donald comps uh, to him with that speed and, and quickness. Mm-hmm. But the Dolphins are intriguing because this is a team that has, like, um, look, if, if Cowboys fans – want to complain that's one thing but dolphins fans like they really have a lot yeah, of they haven't won a playoff game in like 20 something years yeah won right? a playoff game like they haven't been to the super bowl since they uh, lost to dan marino's rookie season yeah lost to dan marino's rookie season in the 80s mm-hmm. um they haven't won one since the 70s so look you you know the Cowboys are in the desert. Washington's in the desert. Yep. But Minnesota and Miami and Buffalo are yeah. really in the desert. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, my, at least Miami has, you know, a couple on their, on their wall. But right. it's been a long time. And the weird thing about the Dolphins, and this is, like, if you wanted to ask why they can't make it work, they've not really had a good owner mm-hmm. since Joe Robbie passed away. So since Joe Robbie passed away, they had Wayne Huizenga who owned the Marlins and some other things and blockbuster video. And um, he had, he, okay, on the water, on, if you go on the intercoastal waterway, and I, I think Wayne Huizang is dead, so it's probably not there anymore, and especially since blockbuster video is not a thing anymore. But back in the 90s, you could go, like if you were taking a boat trip on the intercoastal, mm-hmm. you could go past Wayne Huizang's house because it was right there. And he had a gigantic, like, three flagpoles in the yard. And it was like, America... And then, like, he would have whatever season it was, like the Dolphins or the Marlins or whatever on a flag. And then the other one was Blockbuster Video. <laughs> it's a weird flex. <laughs> I, remember, I remember, like, being out there with, a, like, my, some family friends, and we're there, and, like, a buddy of mine was there, and he's like, man, that guy really loves renting movies. And I was like, well, no, he loves us renting movies. My dad was like, no, 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 he doesn't love renting movies. Yes, he does. He loves renting movies so much. He owns Blockbuster. <laughs> like, he's, he's the president. He's, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Makes more sense. <laughs> Makes more sense. He, you know, like, he, you know, I'd like to want to yell out, like, I've got a late fee. Can you uh, make a call? <laughs> Paul is pardoned for this. <laughs> yeah. For losing. I re- really should have done that when I was video. in college. We had, um, we had a blockbuster right next to us in college. And, I like, mm-hmm. it was sad, like, how many kids in, like, the dorm 
with like, man, I got like thirty dollars in late fees. And I was like, man, it's right there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can see it from the parking lot. You couldn't make time during the day to just pop over. <laughs> you couldn't just go and like throw it in the box. Oh, this copy of Bambi's been here forever. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, the Dolphins are in a weird spot, and they haven't had good ownership or leadership in a long mm. time, but they're right there, and I don't know if Stephen Ross is a good owner or not. I know he tried to cheat, so that's not good, but, <laughs> you know, like, they, they seem to be in a good spot head coach-wise right. and general manager-wise now. Personnel-wise, they're better off than they've been in a long time, but are they just going to be that same old Dolphins team that, mm-hmm. you know, goes to the playoffs, gets, gets the city of Miami excited, and then, and, then loses. and then loses. I don't know. But, yeah, because they've been, like, you know, and, and that's why, because, look, if you told players, like, where do you want to go and play, like, because so many of them are from Miami, I promise you that, like, they, they in Dallas would almost win the survey. Mm-hmm. Like, it would just be, if you could just have your perfect situation where you went to the team that you love, growing up, whatever, Miami and Dallas would run away with those surveys because so many players come from there. Yeah. You know, like, there'd be so many, you know, you just send up like all the players that grew up in Florida, like, where would you want to play? Oh, I want to play for the Dolphins, you know, because yeah. half the league comes from there. Right. So that, but they don't, you know, yeah, that's kind of their whole thing. It's like the Dolphins are just kind of there. It's just a weird sports town in general. Very weird. And look, when things are going well in the city of Miami, they're great fans mm-hmm. and they're at everything and all that. But when things are going medium, uh, yeah, they're not interested. <laughs> they're like, ah. No, not going. <laughs> There's way too much to do here than to watch yeah. watch a team just be average. Yeah, I'll go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Miami and L.A. very similar, where you've got to be really good. Like, what do you think the Dodgers are, like, yeah. spending all this money for? Demand, they, yeah, demand my attention. Because they know that, like, if they go back to being kind of, like, just there, then, you know, it's going to be easy to get tickets and – Right. You know, all that money's for not. All right, David, Steven, thank you so much. Thanks, Paul. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. Tim Brando, the day after his birthday, will be on the show uh, this afternoon, uh, as will C.J. Moore from The Athletic. Uh, we'll get his opinion on the um, kerfuffle in Lubbock. We'll just call it that, the, the disagreement. Anyway, but we're back at three. See you soon. Love you guys, especially Cam, even though he's left the – the show forever for forever apparently i hope that's not true all right have a great day everybody if your business is like most you need things done quickly but if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks you've probably been feeling the slowdown and that's